Hi, I'm Damien Kingley, and this is the fucked up story of my life and the lives of my guests. In this series of podcasts, I'll be speaking to unique and inspiring individuals about their life, their personal stories, struggles, and experiences. Hey, this is Damien King Lee, and welcome to my podcast show, Life Is. And I'm today here joined by The Voice. And uh, we're here to introduce to you this week the incredible Bella Twins. Uh, We had a sensational chat with these two girls. Uh, So much to say. They were incredible, weren't they? They were incredible. So uh, you're going to hopefully enjoy the show as much as we did. Please enjoy. Let me introduce you. This is, guys, and this is my, my, my first ever podcast, and I can't be more excited and more delighted to say that we have the most beautiful two women on the planet, <laughs> besides my fiance, in case she's going to watch this, <laughs> um, Nikki and Brie Bella. So here they are. Yeah, two, two WWE Hall of Famers now. Hall of Famers. Read, which was pretty amazing. And um, and also, you know, the the stars of Total Divas and Total Bellas. I mean, you guys, I don't know what's coming up on the horizon for you guys, but um, yeah, I don't know how you even have time for this. So thanks a lot. <laughs> right. When Nicole and I actually, because we are pregnant, about to be mothers together, um, you know, it kind of just is a full circle for us. It's like we've been a tag team since we've been in the womb. Um, all we've ever known is each other. And all we, you know, I always tell everyone, like, Nicole and I didn't experience the first day of school alone. Like, we always were together. Or when we walked into birthday parties or everything we did, we always had the support of one another. And, you know, when Nicole and I tell our story, and especially from our book, Incomparable, but even from the WWE ring to being entrepreneurs to now being moms, we always tell everyone, if it wasn't for the support of each other, we don't know how we would have gotten through it because we've gone through so many downs, but we did make those downs go into ups or like Nicole and I like to say, we've turned every negative into a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think people were really shocked when our book came out because we, you know, we've been on reality television for a little over seven years now. Yeah. And We're open books, but everyone kind of just took those years. They saw us on TV and just defined us as strong women from being WWE superstars and then into entrepreneurs where Nicole and I are like, well, our story started when we were really young. It didn't start seven years ago when everyone saw it on national TV. So we thought it was really important to write a book and finally open up because we've always kind of kept hidden our childhood, but to finally open up and just let everyone know that we went through a lot of struggles and we feel like if we never accomplished anything in life, people would be like, uh, that's understandable because who their dad was and how they were raised, it would make sense. But we never wanted that story. And so, um, Nicole and I kind of thought to ourselves, you know what, let's write a memoir where we could help people understand that we're in control of our own stories and that we could be the heroes of our own stories and that instead of letting the things that bring you down, which we'll go into um, what brought us down in our childhood, but instead of it really bringing us down and getting lost in it, how can we grow from it? And that's when we truly feel like 
when we became almost 18 and we looked at everything, we really became strong women. And it was... Well, no, I would say before that. Even before... Yeah, I would say before too. Yeah. It took us a little bit to digest and to really find the strength. But it was definitely our childhood that made us... I would say wrestling superstars before we actually became them because we wrestled all these things in our life. But I do believe we became really strong, like, you know, at a young age. Right. Well, you know, for Brie and I, um, being with the WWE now for, I think it's 15 years, um, since 2007 and, and then being on reality TV, we've been so fortunate enough to have this incredible worldwide fandom that call themselves the Bella army. And for Bree and I, very early on at WWE, we realized how important it was to be authentic and to truly walk in your truth because that brings you true connection to a live crowd or television viewers. And that's where the connection was. And then we grew to having a very intimate relationship with our Bella Army. And so when the opportunity came to write a memoir, about our whole life, it was something that Bree and I finally wanted to dig into because when you are in the spotlight and you are put in that role model position, you hear so many incredible stories of how you inspire and motivate people. And their stories were starting to inspire and motivate Bree and I. And I'm like, Bree, when you look at all of our fans, they have gone through so much in life from, you know, tragedies, they hold on to pain, they really look up to us of helping them get through that. And here, no one knew about our childhood or things that we went through. And Brie and I were already known as the reality stars that were relatable, how we live life and how we portray ourselves and just who we are as people. Brie and I have always loved to relate to our audience. And we just both said like, let's relate to them more. Like people truly don't know what we've overcome and what right. we've been through. And so it was important for us to talk about our childhood, the abuse we went through. Um, I remember there were two stories in our book that I spoke about. And my mom heard it for the first time when our memoir dropped in May. Um, I was raped twice in high school. And for me, yeah, it was so important to talk about it because when I started to see, I mean, first there was the Me Too movement. And I remember thinking like, I would have done anything to have a movement like that when I was in high school because those women spoke out and they gave you the courage and the bravery to want to speak out too. But back in 2000, there no one spoke about that stuff. You yeah, know? it was kind of tucked away, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, it made women... And women will still, still do it to this day, but they're kind of getting out of it. Blame themselves. Like, they're like, well, did I put myself in this situation? So, and which you'll elaborate on, but when it comes to rape or being sexually harassed or molested, I feel like women, and I'm sure men do this too, the first thing a victim does is be like, I did this to myself instead right. of thinking someone did it to me. Yes. And, and then I would hear all these stories of, young girls, and it could happen to boys too, but in high school that, you know, were being raped and date raped and then in college. And then when this movement came out and you saw it just happening to people in their twenties and their thirties and on, I was like, I need to start to help be a voice because I held on to so much shame and guilt 
for so long. I was in and out of therapy because for I just, 20 years, for right? 20 years, because I refused to talk yeah, to people about it because I just would always play back in my head at times like, but maybe I put myself in that situation. So maybe I don't have the right to, you know, ha- like know that it wasn't my fault. And I just, I would always play this in my head and therapists would be like, you did nothing wrong, but it, it was so hard to convince myself of that because it happened. You carried and I was that like, shame and that guilt all these years. Yeah. Yes. All these years. And so then I started thinking, you know, and I don't know if it's cause just getting older and, you know, now becoming a mom, but I was like, I don't want anyone to carry what I've carried this long. I want to help them now. Like I wish when the first time it happened to me at 15 years old, that like someone was able to help me instead of carrying that 15. And now I'm about to be 37. And so, um, and we wrote this book two years ago. So I was like, I want to be that voice. I need to start to share that because if I could help the youth now overcome that and know that it's not their fault, like, and erase that guilt and shame, then I know that's worth putting your stories out there with the memoir and knowing that like, Hey, Nikki Bella, the girl that kicks ass in the ring, can probably kick your ass. And um, this is like what's happened to her. And this is what she would even carry to the ring. When I first started, this is the baggage that was, that I would walk through, but I also had this confidence because I always was constantly trying to work on myself. And I just never wanted to be a victim. I always wanted to be a survivor, even though I would push things down, but I never wanted people to know my story because I never wanted people to feel bad for me, you know? And it was the same with just the childhood abuse and everything. And I mean, Brie and I even ran away at one point, <laughs> which is crazy. But was, it, but, but, but was it something that you have hidden through your career and you, you didn't talk about it for many, many years? What made you decide within your book that this is something I really wanted to talk about and, and, and let people know about? Yeah, because what, Was it the Me Too movement? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I mean. That was definitely the Me Too movement was the it Brie came to me actually. I did. I came to Nicole and I was like, I I think you should hashtag Me Too. Like you've been raped twice. You've never said your you've never told anyone your story. I think this is the time. And she was like, I'm not ready. And I haven't been a victim of rape. So I didn't know her inner demons she was battling. Um, I just wanted to be her strength. And I told her, I'm like, I have your back. Like I I will go through this. I have your back. I will go through this with you. But, um, you know, I just don't live in, in what she feels with it, but it was, it was definitely the me too movement, but I also feel like it was a lot of the reality show. Well, probably no, what you were speaking on my behalf now, no, no, but I mean about the book and telling our stories. And I think it's a lot of what you have gone through is you start to see people come out and be like, wow, when I watch you on TV and I see like, the ups and downs you go through, it really helps me get through my life. And Nicole and I started to realize how many people we were helping just by being us on TV, like right. showcasing the good, the bad, the ugly. And cause we don't hold back. We have zero filters. Right. We let everyone look into our lives and <laughs> see like all these crazy stuff. So her and I really realized that, you know what? I, I think there's a lot more to us that people don't realize that they probably will be inspired by. Right. And it's um, just, you just start to hear so many people's stories and even myself with women and knowing like they can't get through the day. They don't want to get out of bed. Like they don't know, they don't want to see tomorrow. And I was like, 
I can't wake up and I can't wait to wake up and see tomorrow. Like I still, I love life. I love everything it has to offer. And, and it, it would make me so sad to know that they were in this place. And it's like, I need to be their living day superhero. I need to be their wonder woman. I need to speak out. We need to tell them the stories because I'm always about like, you have to show people the light at the end of the tumble and you have to show people the light at the end of the tunnel. You need to give them hope because some people just don't have people in their lives that give them hope. And it's like, you want to be those people that give them hope and show them that you can be here too. You can do these things. You can overcome. Right. And, and that's when it comes into play when you can relate. And I think especially in this world that is so filtered and social media and seems so unrelatable, it can make you feel bad about yourself. But when you can share those stories and Brie and I just open up the closet door and pull all the skeletons out and be like, look it, this is us. We're just like you. And this is what we overcame. And now we smile every day. Brie has a beautiful family. I'm going to have a family. We still kick ass. We like have all these dreams. They never end. And you could be here too. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. And you know, look, I, from here on the other side of the pond, you know, um, I have, similar things going on where you guys are just getting on with your daily life. And, you know, you, we, and I, I was, look, I was recently on a reality show over here in the UK. And, um, one of the things when I, it was, I don't know if you have a similar show in the U S but the show over here was called rich house, poor house. And it was kind of like a life swap. So you take one family on one divide, you swap lives for a week and, 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 and you live each other's lives. And for me and my family, it was a real eye-opener to experience, you know, the other, the other side, in a sense, and this other family situation. And at the end of it, when we finally, they br- brought us together, and, I, I, and we first met the other family, and they felt that I had this perfect life because they experienced my life for the week and my family's life. And it was only during that week that bit by bit, they started to find out the true reality of, of my life and my personal situation and my family situation with regards to my, my health and what I'm going through and the fact that I, I'm, I'm terminal. Um, and, you know, every day I'm, I'm I, in a sense, I'm, I'm fighting for my life. And it's easy when particularly you guys are in this position of, Everybody knows you, they, they admire you, they think you're amazing and they watch what you do and you have this wonderful life. But when you drill into it, we all have our skeletons. We all, we're only human. We're no different to, to anyone else in many ways. Mm-hmm. And this was my situation. I said, scratch the surface. You may think my life is wonderful and my family's life is wonderful, but we are fighting our demons. We are fighting our tragedy each day. It, you can have all the money in the world and all the success in the world, But if you haven't got your health or you haven't got your emotional stability, all these things, you have nothing. And it's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter where you are in life. But these situations that we have when you dig into it, uh, we all have them. It doesn't matter where you come from. We have our... I agree. It's so true. You know, it's funny because we just had this recent conversation with our mom. It was probably a month ago. Our mom actually just had brain surgery last week. Two yeah. Weeks. Your mom just, had brain surgery when? And everything happened emergency style. Like she just, her face went paralyzed. She lost taste her in her mouth, side. her whole left side, all this. And, and she had a successful surgery, but you know, before that we thought she had Bell's palsy and Nicole and I thought we were 
bringing her all this stress because her book and everything. But the one thing we told our mom, because we could tell our mom had a lot of shame for our childhood and that our mother at 55, mom's Mm -hmm. 55, at 55 has been holding on to a lot and that, you know, and she's worked through a lot, but she still hasn't let go of a lot. And Nicole and I told our mom, we're like, mom, because of our childhood, it's defined who we are today. It's our story. And that is okay. Like we don't blame you. We don't even blame our dad. We don't blame anyone. I mean, what happened to us? Yeah, when we were kids, did we look at other families and be like, oh, we wish we were them? Or we saw, you know, some friends and we thought their parents were so loving and great. Granted, we didn't know the secrets behind those doors. But we told our mom, we're like, stop holding on to it and feeling so badly about it because look where we're at today as women. And I think that's the one thing Nicole and I have always been great about. And it's probably because we have each other and we help each other. And we've gone through a lot of therapy. I will say <laughs> therapy and life coaches yeah. are the best. You live in but, California, um, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so like, needed. <laughs> so needed. Um, but we always like, we just will never regret for the, like the way we were raised and we don't ever want to take it away from ourselves. We're like, it's who it's, what's defined made a strong us. woman. And like you were saying earlier, Um, It's so true because people, it's like, you know, when you hear don't judge a book by its cover and especially going back to that filtered social media world, people so much want what others have because they just see this like picture perfect family or they see the money or they see the house and the life and they're like, that's what I want. And they really don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And One thing that my mother taught me and that I have focused on so much, I feel like in the past decade is defining what success means to me. And what I finally realized was my definition of success is happiness, because if I am fully happy and my cup of tea is full with no cracks, it doesn't matter what I have in life because I'm so happy that I could have a small house, a big house, a cool car, an okay car, but happiness, that's, that's living rich. You, you, that's priceless. And that's what I've tried to teach people when I've spoken to them, when they, they compare and the things that they want and they're not happening and it brings them down and why them and not me. I just ask them, well, what's your definition of success? What does it mean to you? And I just, I try to tell so many people that if you are so happy and full, it doesn't matter what others have. So true. And you know, it's interesting what you just said there. I mean, particularly you two, um, when you say behind closed doors. Now, I mentioned earlier, I was on a UK reality show for a week. Okay, turned out to be about 15 days in total. And that for me and my family was so difficult because we just weren't used to having cameras on us 24 seven. We felt it was so intrusive and they wanted to get into every detail of our life. And there was no closed doors in a sense. Um, And I can't imagine what it must be like for you guys. I mean, how do you deal with that? I mean, what, what part where you find that you can really be true Nikki and true Brie and yourselves versus the show. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. Or is it, is it uh, the lines blurred so much now that you are completely the show? <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, right? It's, you know, it's crazy because 
when we started, I actually didn't realize how much into our lives we would get into on reality television. And even like this past season of Total Bells, it was hard because they really went in deep on my marriage to even like stuff of my marriage was coming out that I didn't even realize that people just watching and always being around us started to just see. And they were like, oh, so you and Brian really don't like they would just bring up different stuff. And I'm like, oh, I guess I guess we don't because I'm just so busy trying to be an entrepreneur and a mother that my marriage was down very far on my list, um, which now I've put it back up. But I guess Nicole and I, when we did sign up for reality, we said, we just have to be open books. We have to let everything show. We can't hide anything. And um, people are going to love us. People are going to hate us. We have to be okay with it. So I feel like reality is actually a little easier on us because we just... We're just us. We like yeah. let it all out. And there's definitely times her and I will look at each other and be like, shit. Like the cameras were wish, rolling. Wish we could. This sucks. That. Yeah. But do you can guys that, draw please? a line somewhere we, where, you know, the cameras can sort of intrude in some part of your life? Or is there a line or it's kind of like free for all, what's and all? Come on, guys. This is, yeah. this is us. I mean, where, where does it stop? That's, yeah. you know, I've, where I've always feel like I have failed in life, like even since I've been young is I've never been great with boundaries. And I think it's because one of my personality traits that I've tried to work on for so long is I'm such a people pleaser. It's like, I'm always afraid to hurt someone's feelings or when they really need something, it's like, I literally will stop whatever it is I'm doing. That's important in my life to make sure that they're okay. Or they need it. It's, I, I always have had an issue of putting myself first. So I realized I brought that even into reality TV where I thought I'd have boundaries and then I had no boundaries. And then you start to get taken advantage of. And it's like the worst feeling. And I was always someone like, you have to walk in your truth, Nicole, because the truth, no, nothing bad could ever happen to you because whatever you put out there, it's, that's you. And people are going to hate you or like you, but at least you know that's who you are. It's not made up. Um, but now having a baby and already feeling so protective of my son before he's even here. It's the first time I've ever felt like I have to have boundaries. Like I I've already felt the lioness like rise in me. <laughs> and it's like, we have the cameras. I mean, they're going to be in the delivery room, but like I already wow, have these serious? boundaries. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So I am going to be just out there for the world. And you breathe as well, or is that just Nikki doing that? <laughs> yes. I, I gave birth on camera with my daughter, Birdie. No. Wow. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do it this time, but it is like Nicole said. Now I was always better at boundaries than Nicole, Brie which was. is crazy. And Nicole actually said when she read our book, she was like, I actually didn't realize how good you were with boundaries. Like when we were younger, like mm -hmm. when I was reading the book and just hearing Bree's stories from like middle school and even high school, I was like, oh, my sister always has been great with that where I have not yeah. <laughs> at all. No. And I've definitely <laughs> struggled as an adult because I'm a people pleaser too, but it is weird when you become a mom and with the reality show. Definitely with my daughter. There's boundaries. Bree's very good. And I I'm, feel like that's where I'll finally have boundaries on yeah. the show. It's when it comes to my son. And my husband's always like, I wish you would be like that with me. <laughs> <laughs> he our poor relationships he, with our men. Oh, I mean, we throw everything out there. Like I'll be talking about sex and Arm's like, can you just not always talk yeah. about our sex life? <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's, but yeah, I, I get that. I like yeah. it. And it's great conversation. <laughs> well, that's it. With, my, with my fiance, um, when, when we got approached for this, this, this show in the UK, um, 
it was the same thing because I said, guys, I've been approached to my children and, and to Veronica. I said, we've been approached or I've been approached to be on this, this reality show. But part of this reality show means that you guys have to be in it too. And they're like, yeah. what? And they felt really uncomfortable with it at first. You know, when I was trying to drag them into what I thought would be a good thing for, for, for what I do and the business and, 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 and building the profile of the brand and so forth here in the UK and abroad. But they were reluctant participants in a sense in the early stages. And they're like, oh, we really don't want to be in this. And I remember sitting down and having to chat to them and saying, guys, these are the reasons I think it would be you know, really good for us as a family. Um, I think it would be a really good experience for you as children to understand that, you know, not everything is delivered on a silver plate to you. You know, not everybody has it as good as you guys. And I wanted them to learn values. And it took them time to adjust and understand what I meant. And so I, I get when you say your husband, uh, Bree, is probably, <laughs> you know, and but where do you protect the children? That's that's the big question. And when my boys went on the show, there were one or two things that were kind of not necessarily edited in the right way. Yeah, it was out of context. Yeah. It was out of context. And there were a lot of haters and yeah. trolls that came in on my boys. And that was the one thing that I was really concerned about going into the show, that my boys would be protected. And there were some pretty nasty things some people said around my boys because of one or two comments that were totally taken out of context. But it was shown on the cameras in a certain way. And I'm just wondering how you guys feel about, you know, you, you, Nicole, you're going to be a new mom. Bree, you've, you've already got, I, I think your daughter's what, three or four now? Or how, three. Three, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. another baby on the way. So how do you guys feel about that and protecting the kids? And Yeah. You know, it's, or you want to go? Sure. Well, you know, the one thing that's a plus about Bree and I, and, and we worked really hard on Total Divas of being behind the camera and just doing what we could. So we ended up getting an EP credit. Like we were one, I think some of the only celebrities that actually worked really hard to get an executive producer credit. It took us years to do a lot of extra work and want that. And then we became an executive producer on Total Divas. And then when Total Bellas came around, that was very important to us too. And it wasn't just to have a credit, but it was because we really wanted to be hands-on and our voices to be taken seriously. And when your talent turned into an EP, it's like the only way I felt like our voices to be heard was to make sure we had that executive producer credit. So where Bree and I are lucky and how we can protect our children is we do get that strong voice. So I watch all the episodes before they go on air. I'm part of the editing okay. process. Yeah. So there have even been times with my family members, and I know exactly what you're talking about, where their reaction was to a completely different conversation, right. but because they want to build the drama or controversy, they took that reaction to this conversation. And Bree and I will be like, no, you cannot do that. I am sorry. And we've even behind scenes have had a fight really hard where people are like, but we need this. And it's like, I don't care. That's my family. Like you're not yeah. doing that. We're like, to them. put it, put it on us. We're like, we can handle it. Yeah, but they can't. And also they didn't sign up for it the way we did. But even, you know, there's been times when I've posted birdie with certain stuff or whatever. And when I do see the negative, like some people just have some stupid negative comments. It always blows my mind. 
and I always want to fire back. Like she, she used to be the queen of firing back. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> it does nothing. Yeah. Oh, but she was I, good. I was really good with my words. I kill with <laughs> kindness. And it's like when you kill with kindness, it like it one, it makes someone feel kind of silly and stupid. They're like, oh my gosh. And and that's what I would kind of like to do mental. That's what I would do mentally to them. I kill them so hard with kindness. <laughs> I would even, I would read their bios and figure them out as a person. And then that's how I would like go in. Like, it's pretty messed up. I, I think I truly am a lioness. Like I wait for my kill. <laughs> so I, I um, guess you both have this warrior spirit in you, right? You, totally. You we totally, do. I bet and, you do. Yeah. And I mean, how about you two as sisters and twins in effect and you've both got this warrior spirit i mean how do you two deal with each other i mean they're you guys oh. <laughs> yeah wow well, it used to be a, f- a very hardcore fight kind of like maybe what they do in the late 1800s is that right the from the early days Just give us a horse we, yes it's i we used to get physical with each other very but really? we Oh yeah, when we were younger. When we were younger. But as adults, I mean, we definitely can go at each other. But you know, we could hit below the belt. We've we, we've worked on that for years. But we could say some really mean stuff. But what's crazy <laughs> with twins is you forgive each other ten minutes later, and if someone was around, they're still affected by what they heard or saw. Oh, yeah. And then we're laughing, popping a bottle of Dom P, and they're like. Seriously, they just they're said like, the meanest stuff to each like, other yeah. 10 minutes ago. They're like, how and now are you they're guys, laughing. Yeah, they're like, how are you guys over it? I mean, my our my husband, her fiance, and even some of our best friends, like it will take them a full day to get over the stuff they'll see us say to each other. And they're just like, they can't believe it. But I think and we'll be like, get over it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're fine. And I think that's how <laughs> we were raised too. But you we know, were. her Nicole and I were saying since this whole pandemic and this quarantine process. We have been together every day, but we've gotten into arguments. And think, we've been in quarantine. Her and I have been in quarantine since the end of February, beginning of March. Beginning of March. So so for a really long time. But what we recognized, what was good for us, that wasn't good for us in the past, is because we've been together so much, we see the hard work each other puts into the companies, into life, being a wife, being a fiancé, just putting a household together and, and maybe a pandemic too kind of shifts you in a spiritual way of making you think of what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've appreciated each we, other more. We have. And like, we feel really blessed that we're next door neighbors. Oh, I know really? You're next door, literally next door neighbors? I mean, I'm looking oh. out her window. And oh, wow. At my okay. House. Okay. It's, We never thought we'd be those twins, (laughs) but Brie and I, I think because we've traveled the world for so long and we're never home, that convenience is everything for us. Oh, it is. So we, we knew that we'd either be driving to each other's houses every day, or we could just walk next door. And when I came over to Thanksgiving two years ago to her house and then there was an open lot next door. And I was like, well, her house is so cute. Like, mm-hmm. I bet these contractors would make my house really cute. And of course, it had to be bigger than Breeze. Of course. <laughs> That's a, a lot consistent b- thing, right? A yeah, lot yeah. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it l- literally looks like her house is going to eat my house. I'm like, <laughs> Whatever, no. Whatever, Nicole. But, um, <laughs> but I was like, this... This is actually, it's like calling to us. Like, this is what we've always said would be easy. And and it's just been so nice. It you guys been, must get sick of each other. Come on, you're doing the show together. You, you wrestle together. You yeah. have podcasts together. You must right? want to see the backside of each other sometimes, right? Well, you know, I think it's the bond with identical twins. I feel like 
only twins can understand it. And sometimes I don't even think fraternal twins get it, what identical twins get. <laughs> but we're literally this egg that's split in half. We were in the same womb, like all we've ever known is each other. And I, for some reason, like we never get sick of each other. Now we'll get like, we'll get in a quick little argument. I could tell like, oh, we're a little sick of each other, but then we're fine. Yeah. Um, but it, it's really weird. We never, we never do. Like we never get sick of each other. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> did, did it ever spill over into the ring? Like, did oh. you ever have like an argument or a fight or a feud or something where you were, you know, you didn't get a bit too long and then you had a show? And- oh, big time. Oh, I'll, I'll take this, Brie. Um, so what's also about Brie and I is, yeah, we like start fighting right now. I know. We're extremely competitive. We are. Um, and me especially, and I'm a hothead. And so, and when she goes there, it's hard for her to like get out of yeah, it. Yeah, I can't get out of it. Like I literally, when I found out a few years ago that I have a brain defect and they're like, do you have a hard time shifting your emotions? Like once you're in this emotional state, you can't really go back. And I go, yeah. I just thought maybe I was bipolar and not I diagnosed. Went, yeah, she does. I'm like, I'll second that. <laughs> They're like, you have this brain defect of where that emotion is. And it's hard for you to go back and forth. And I'm like, and I'm finding this out now at 35. It's like, this would have helped me those, my whole life. All those guys who thought you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all your exes. That's going to be memoir too. So they all know when they read it. But um, yeah, <laughs> but I would like, I took the ring. I was a competitive, Brie and I both were competitive soccer players for 11 years. And then I went on, I played a little bit of college and I was going to play pro ball. I love that you call it soccer too. In Australia, we call it soccer too. They call it football. I know, football. Thank you. (laughs) And so I would take that athlete in me, that competitive side, I would bring that to the ring that even though we have predetermined finishes in the WWE, to me, it was still a real battle. So... When I felt like my sister didn't do this, like what we talked about, or I would be very hard on her and then she'd get back at me. Extremely hard. And, and I'll admit, I was a little too hard on Brie, but it caused some arguments in the ring. But then the best is if a girl was too hard on my sister, like I literally almost got into a legit fight with a girl during a show. <laughs> Actually, I think on the UK tour. On the, wow. At a live event. Because well. she just, yeah. yeah, she hit my sister like in a way that was so unsafe and I was like, I mean, in front of everyone, I like bitched her out so bad. And then she jumped down like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I'll go. Like, Wow. So it wasn't, it wasn't for the cameras in the show. It was real. This sort of thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Real. Well, oh, and yeah. I don't know if you remember who Dusty Rhodes was. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He was great. So American Dusty, Dream. The American Dream. So he trained Nicole and I a lot early on in our career. And he'd hear us fight on like the side, but in the middle of a match. And he'd be like, damn. He'd go, you guys are like the, what would he say? Um, you guys, I've never seen a tag team hate each other so much, but then love each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, because he would see us fight. And then like after the match, we'd be cool. And he'd be like, you just fought, literally talk shit to each other during that whole match, even though you're a tag team. And then you guys were like cheering with each other after, like everything yeah. was cool. We're like, yeah, it sounds about We're right. We're like Vikings, you know what I mean? I love <laughs> that. Yeah. We got like a Viking yeah, yeah. spirit to us. <laughs> but you know what, 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 what I was really fascinated by you guys what it was about, you know, when you guys came into the, in, into the wrestling scene as females and, and what you achieved and, 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 and what you 
created in, in a sense, which was literally a, a man's world at that, you know, yeah, in those early yeah. days. And you, you, you changed all that. And, and, and it is what it is today. You reshaped wrestling, you know, and you've brought the female and women into it and empowered women. It's amazing. But I mean, it must have been in the early days, really, really challenging. I mean, and I, I relate a part of my life to, and, and I can only imagine how it was for you guys in a man's male dominated world, how you guys sort of broke that and won the, the trust, the admiration of, of predominantly a, a, a man's world. I mean, how did you do that? It must've been difficult in those early days. Oh, Very difficult. It was so difficult. It, you know, <laughs> I think Bree and I having a very strong mom and watching her go through such a terrible divorce at 15, but she was just very empowering and strong and just fought through. Bree and I kind of, one, I, I mean, I'll admit, it made me hate men at a very young <laughs> oh, age gosh, because wow. of my parents' divorce. So I... I even have stuff that I wrote because I've been journaling since I've been very, very young, journaling, writing poetry. And I literally would write stuff like, I hate men. I'll be better <laughs> than them. I'll like, I, I, I read, I still, I, Brie always laughs because I save everything. everything. So, I mean, I say, I still have past notes from middle school. Magpie. Yes. yes. And I am. And so I'll read this stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, Nicole, geez, settle down. You were so young. But I think also then being an athlete and being around girls and then women all the time. And that's how we conquered and we had victory. And I really looked up to my soccer coaches and they were males. But when I got into that industry and Breen, I noticed very quickly, like, oh, the women are eye candy. Like they're not they're not listening to us or they're not taking us seriously. And I hated the feeling and she hated the feeling and we knew there had to be change. And like, it took years and years of blood, sweat and tears of times that I'm not going to lie. I wanted to give up, but because I had my twin, she helped me stay or times Brie wanted to give up and I helped her stay. And honestly, I don't know if I could have broken those barriers without her, but I do know one thing about our personality was I, it would give me more fire the more I heard no, the more I was disrespected, the more I was treated like a piece of meat, the more that I would try to fight for 10 minutes of a match time and I was given two and like go pull hair and maybe spank her ass and that would be great. It was like, I came from such a different mentality. Like I wasn't a hired model. I wasn't someone that came in as a manager valet. Like I was a professional wrestler. I came from a soccer background that wanted to bring my athleticism to the ring. Um, And so that fire, every time I kept hearing no and people were being negative and they're saying, you can't do it. It was like fire was rising. Like Brie and I were rising like the Phoenix. And I was like, (laughs) okay, we're turning to these goddesses and now we will change. Like we won't stop fighting now till there is change. Right. And I think what was hard too, is that it it is a male dominated industry. So there is such small amount of females, but we work Mm -hmm. just as hard as men. And what was exactly harder to, cause we only had one spot for the women. The guys had, there would be 10 to 12 matches. So, so many men could work. There'd be one short little time spot for women. So we were all fighting all the time. But when I saw how hard we were working and how, I hate to say it, there is a lot of men who worked hard and a lot who didn't, but they're getting paid more than us just because they're men. 
They're getting better stories just because they were men. More TV time. More everything. More and it got to Nikolai. Yeah. Yes. Big and time. it got to a point where we we're like, no, things have to change. And when the reality show Total Divas came, Nicole and I knew that this was the time to give women wrestlers a voice. This is the time to showcase that we are doing just as much as the men and we deserve everything that they're getting. And that's why we really want to do Total Divas because we're like, it's about time that the world knows about us women wrestlers. I agree. I think when you see so many like movements come through and conquer, it's like what you see kind of at the start of it, I feel like the foundation is the whatever movement it is is those people are exhausted they're they get to a point where they're they're exhausted of inequality they're exhausted of being treated a certain way and it's like you it's weird how your mind just shifts and you're like no this is going to change yeah and And you don't care about the consequences right and i felt like for us and the other women we got to a point where we just became exhausted of fighting of being treated differently of bringing in our A game every week, but it didn't matter. And it was like, then the movement came and we were at the forefront. And it was like, you could put whatever barrier you want as high, we are going to knock that down. And if the consequence is getting fired, gladly we'll leave. Yeah. We didn't care. We were you, at you that point. You get to have where you have nothing to lose. Hey guys, if you enjoyed the Bellas part one, make sure you click the link to part two. Hope you loved today's show. Got some great more guests coming each week. Please remember to subscribe right now.